We are live, episode 64. Godfather, what do you Godfather. hear? What do you say? Well, I don't say much, but I saw a lot of shenanigans in the past week. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 64. I'm your co host, Pisky. I'm here with the Godfather. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, we are both back in Toronto. For the hmm. first time in how long, Godfather? Uh, well, since that fateful day you dropped off a whole bunch of stuff in my sometime in August of right? 2022. Wow, it is it has been a minute, as they say. The young kids say these days. Uh, fuck the young kids. Don't start. <laughs> don't don't start with the young kids. <laughs> you have something to say to the young kids? Let them have it. Listen oh, up, no. young kids. <laughs> we need we need an entire fucking podcast we need a, a separate podcast i think yes that. yes right? start 100%. with the uh r-e-s-p-c-t the e-c-t they don't fucking know the first thing <laughs> anyway don't rile me up let's go let's go let's go uh what's going on let's uh let's start with uh what's going on in uh, the godfather's life you know if uh, you've been following us on any of our social media platforms you'll know that pisky has been literally coast to coast uh the tour of christ north america finished a couple <laughs> days ago and uh that's what we're going to be talking about this episode i got a whole bunch of notes from all the places that we stopped along the way uh we also got notes of a w5 episode that aired a couple months ago i'm just coming back to canada and get flooded with all these sports betting ads so i'm seeing it you know Kind of for the first. It hasn't been shoved down my throat for the last six months because I've been in Vegas. So we're going to be talking about that and a couple other treats for you guys. So um, yeah, Godfather, what's what's new in your life? Well, you know, following. Well, oh, actually, I have one one important thing to say. Uh, I'm oh, I'm officially retired. Oh, big claps, <laughs> big claps. So now, I, finally. I am no <laughs> longer, I am no longer a member of the greatest organization in North America, the OLG. And uh, <laughs> So now we can shit on them together. That's what I'm doing. No, that's I don't fuck it. Get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, that's a big thing. Congrats, dude. That's a big thing. My, uh, my affiliation ended uh, February 28th. Okay. And uh, yeah, so now I'm uh, I'm officially a member of the Ontario Pension Board. How about how about them apples? Yeah, I bet uh, you've never dreamed of being able to say that, right? No, you don't. They don't teach you to think about these kind of things. No, no, right? they don't. They don't. And even hearing about it for 34 years of employment, actually, Is that how long 30, you were there? 34. Well, 30. Years? Yeah, 30. No, 35. By the time it actually happened. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, they. You, you, Should we talk? I, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the packages that we took. We don't have to give. No, we don't need to fucking need talk. To Many times I got to tell you, key. <laughs> they want to know. We both got. Nobody golden parachutes. wants to know. We both Nobody got knows. golden parachutes. That's why we well, got the hell out of there. We can talk about the golden parachute. That was a great decision. You know it, uh, and I know it. I don't fucking know. I spent too much time with you. I, actually, I probably I spent less time with you. <laughs> which wasn't bad, but you know, we had better quality time because you know, a job's a job. So, but yeah, I mean, um, that period, um, where I was still on the books has, has come to an end. 
and now I need to look uh, need to look forward at uh, what the future. Yeah, well, uh, holds. we got uh, well. F- first things first, you know. I, I, you know, I hate pumping your tires. You know, I hate being nice to you. You know, we yes. are rivals through and through. But um, <laughs> congratulations, dude. There's not uh, too many people on on this planet anymore that can say they spent 35 years with the same organization. That that is unheard of, right? People look at me like I'm crazy, and I spent 13 years. Yeah, that's at that's the organization. True. You you. <laughs> fucking body slam that um and you know the fact that uh, you get a pension you know who knows what pensions are going to look like when when i get to your age yeah and the golden parachute like i said it maybe it's uncomfortable a little bit now but it was the right decision for both of us at the time i'm a firm believer of that as is your wife yeah yeah I'm on Team Nad. I love Team Nad. Yeah, fuck. Well, of course. Of, team Nad. of course. I catch her fucking texting you. Don't let me fucking catch anything going on there, eh? <laughs> I'm not the one you have to worry about. It's Bobby Hull. She told us. <laughs> that was a good story. Yeah. She she mentioned so um Nad is is working at this restaurant that the Godfather and I went and had an espresso at recently. And she mentioned that Bobby Hull, obviously before he passed, R.A.P. Uh, was in the restaurant a couple months before he had passed and um and she made mention that they had a great conversation she told them stories of when she was younger and the godfather was younger and how they both crossed paths with with bobby hall and then she mentioned that on the way out bobby you know came and said thank you again for the great stories and kissed her on the hand yes and then I, you know, I was under the impression that Bobby Hall passed from natural causes. But, hey, you lay lips on uh, the Godfather's uh, missus. Nah, get up. <laughs> what kind of fucking... How did you not feel that? that? How did you not feel like, he set like you up for that? You're fucked up. Like, you're you all... know, you are fucking, <laughs> like, you just love doing this shit. <laughs> anyway um but that's cool dude uh yes it is that's nice that now you don't have to cringe every time i I take a shot at the old g and i I like sure to make you can't help yourself free free groceries (laughs) like jesus murphy listen that was a brilliant strategy and you know it the volume that we were playing on that project was through the roof and the old g had a discount on their uh gift certificates so if you bought $100 worth of OLG gift certificates, you got a kickback of $15 worth of PC Optimum points. Well, and if you want to talk about uncomfortable, let me tell you, publicly, I'm going to fucking just state it. I had no idea what the fuck you were doing. You keep referring to this project. Okay, well, worst three months of my life after <laughs> you left, and I had to still grind it out for September, October, November. December, my father passed away. God rest his soul. In yeah, September, so that was, that was not fucking three, not good months for me. Let me tell you. So, well, but you, yes, you lost your consigliere. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but we are now yeah. reunited. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot operate uh, without me. You know that. Yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Godfather, let's uh, let's get going here. Um, so what I'm going to do out of the gate is I'm going to give you guys like a, just a little tiny story about every stop that I made along the way. So for those that may be unfamiliar with the journey, 
and, and are just tuning in for the first time. I lived in Las Vegas for the last six months. I went down there to do this, do some sports betting, to expand our content, to expand our outs. Uh, it was a crazy adventure. I, I loved every minute of it. And then it was time to come home. And we drove down there to Vegas, from Toronto <laughs> to Vegas, the Godfather, the Full Dog, and myself. We left on August 15th, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Yes. And we got to Las Vegas at the end of August. We took about 10, 10 or 11 days, I guess, to get down there. And then I spent September all the way until Super Bowl in Sin City. And then from there, I drove up to my brother's place in Calgary and then across our beautiful country and here, back here, I guess, to quote unquote home uh, in Toronto. So I want to start it off, Godfather, by. You know, I, I have the stops that we made on our way there. Okay. Uh, you, the full dog, and myself. And I'm just going to read you the cities that we spent the night in. And you're going to give me what immediately comes to mind that we did on that trip. Or or whatever. If you were fearing for your safety, because there are a couple sketchy places on this <laughs> list. You just say that, okay? So I'm going to give you the, the city. You tell me. Uh, you you give me some feedback about, about each stop. Got it? Before Yeah. Before you start, though, it's funny how during um, – right at the beginning of the intro of the podcast, you 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 called it the North American tour. Mm-hmm. And when you combine our road trip in August with your road trip back, it fucking is North America. Oh, dude. Absolutely. If you go look on our Instagram page, you can see – That was I, a great I, picture, by I the did way. a map of it. I went on the map quest and they let you punch in up to 26 destinations. Google only gives you 10 destinations if you're looking to do a crazy road trip like this. So (laughs) if you go onto our Instagram page, you can see the total outline of what the Batmobile did for this wild adventure. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. I got the stats and everything. But okay, out of the gate, we stopped at Detroit, Michigan. What do you got for me, Godfather? I'm going to be. I'm not going to say what the first thing that comes to mind because it's not. It's not <laughs> worthy for for podcasts. But I will say. I'll say this. Scary. <laughs> yes, it was fucking. It was scary. definitely a little sketchy. You gotta. You gotta be careful in Detroit. And um, I've been around. <laughs> De- Detroit the casinos is, were nice, though. Remember that barstool sportsbook? Yes, the that casinos nice. were were the casinos give you a false sense of security. <laughs> Because when you're going from casino to casino and they're not connected to each other, you have to go outside. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't find it as a coincidence that some of the, like, Greek town supposed to be some nice area. It's the best oh! Area. It's the best area. What are you, gonna, what are you are talking you, about? Are you crazy? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> not going. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. Indianapolis, Indiana. Clean, yeah. Oh, that the that was one of the cleanest cities I've seen in my life. Calm, family oriented, but just clean. I didn't see a homeless person, and we were in a downtown core. Yeah, yeah. Right that yeah. that family that family day at that uh, AAA baseball game we went to. Yeah, well, we Dude. can let everyone know that we did fuck up there. That was a dollar hot dog game, and I don't oh, remember how many we yeah. put down, but too, I was too, not too, feeling too many, 100%. Too many glizzies, as <laughs> the kids today say. <laughs> I I think the full dog was sick that night. 
Well, yeah. Indianapolis, yeah. Well, we you and him start getting it. into a fucking hot dog eating competition. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Good for content. Come on. Oh, this fucking content, Jesu Cristo. Okay, yeah, okay. Indy, fantastic. Fantastic. All right, next we did. I have on the map St. Louis, Missouri, but we actually stayed in East no. St. Louis, and there's a big difference East. there. There is. Well, big difference. East St. Louis is over the bridge, and you're actually staying in the state of Illinois. I did not yes. know that. This is new information to me. No, that's because you think that. you have a fucking problem with those gummies. That was very <laughs> clearly made on the road. I was there. Illinois, across the river, across the bridge, Missouri. Scary yes, place. No, another scary place. Well, no, yeah, you got to be careful word. there too. Uh, yes, because the locals told us after the St. Louis Cardinals game that uh, we, you make sure you get they, off at the stop. <laughs> you need to get off because two more, yeah. you're you're in deep shit, and we can tell that you guys are tourists. Yes. Yeah. So what what else about St. Louis? Um, sketch. Well, East St. Louis, but the other side wasn't bad. No, St. Louis. St. Louis was great. Yeah, St. Louis was great. Went to the Cardinals game there. Um, you know, very, very home team dominated. You know, the Cards have a great tradition. That was quite enjoyable. The all-you-can-eat, what, 65 yeah. bucks for all-you-can-eat and drink? I think so. I think <laughs> Just so. We, yeah, we kind of yeah. fucked up there, too. Eating, like, animals right before the well, game. Yeah. yeah. But that, get carried away. <laughs> that, pu- that pulled pork buffet. Uh, dude, what are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, next, Topeka, Kansas. Trump country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Trump country. Um, okay, I'm just going to do a real quick story. You know, you're on a road trip. You got to stop off to gas up and you got to stop off to eat. Mm-hmm. We we went into this diner establishment where you could hear the people laughing and talking from the door us three strones has opened the door walk in the conversations stop <laughs> it's one of those scenarios where the music goes off and everyone like turns uh, to the door and says a dozen these guys <laughs> a dozen bearded hill bellies in 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 overalls did you turn around here Hillbellies? Yeah. That was funny. Oh, did that I say like, it wrong? Yeah, no, no, well, but it, it sounded like it was on purpose. That was actually pretty funny. Yeah, well, it, there it, were some it de- definitely some hillbellies in there. <laughs> they, I mean, they turned around, stopped talking, stared at us for a solid five seconds. Yeah, awkward. And if I didn't want to show weakness, I should have just turned around and fucking walked out. But no, we stuck it out. And yeah, uh, Trump country. That 100%. place was called the Bluff, by the way. In case anyone yeah. needs a, a quick, yeah. If anybody spot wants to go check Kansas. it out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if anybody go wants to go on a fact fact uh, finding mission to see if we what we say is the truth, go ahead, <laughs> yeah. be my guest. Uh, next place we went was Blackhawk, Colorado. Oh, one of my favorite spots outside of outside of Vegas. That was truly wonderful. It was. And for sports bettors, obviously, I imagine there's a couple sports bettors that listen to this podcast. This place, honestly speaking, after living in Vegas for six months, I think it would be more beneficial to spend your time in Blackhawk, Colorado. Now, I know you can't because there's not really much lodging there. You're obviously not going to spend six months at a casino or a hotel. But there were more betting opportunities in terms of uh, places to use. 
yeah, than I'll agree than there was in Vegas because Vegas you have I think if you do them all you have like nine different operators in Colorado I think you have north of twenty that's for sure well for sure and the the great thing about it it's also centrally located mm-hmm. so literally if you you walk for half an hour forty five minutes I think you'll hit up twenty casinos yes. Yeah, it's like a mini mini Vegas in the middle of yeah. the Colorado Rockies. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Stunning. And there was an incident there. An incident. Shout out to, who was it, Greg at DraftKings? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Greg of at DraftKings. We made, I think, three bets at the kiosk. And then he approached the Godfather and I and sort of gave us the, you know, the, the hand around the neck thing saying, yeah, no mas. You guys want to play? No more kiosk betting? You come to the counter and play. So that was pretty interesting to that was pretty be interesting. able to yeah, to be able to summon that kind of attention within what 24 48 hours of being there? Oh, less than that. Yeah. I think it was our first night. Yeah, it was ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. So but good spot Blackhawk Colorado. Good spot. Then, like, then yeah, sorry, then we made our states then we made our way. Oh, you, you want to say something? Okay, yeah, raise your yeah. hand. All right. Okay, sorry about that. But I just wanted to say to our listeners that if you're planning a gambling weekend or four-day thing like las vegas is not your only choice mm-hmm. i could i can easily recommend blackhawk colorado it won't disappoint you yeah i totally agree no. with that enough said yep uh where did we stay in blackhawk the monarch we stayed at the monarch yeah and apparently the monarch is an independent line code they make they make their own odds they don't copy anyone they're not part of anybody yeah so keep that in mind when you're there yes next we went albuquerque new mexico yeah albuquerque was really cool i mean those were our two rest days right mm-hmm. we, we had the airbnb yeah pool, more barbecue yeah. right and yeah, I, I liked it. It was a good couple of days to kind of uh, recharge the batteries after Colorado, after Blackhawk. And um, I, again, I liked it. It looked, and we had a fantastic pizza there. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> have you ever seen a bigger pizza than at Parlor Pizza in Albuquerque, New Mexico? No, I have not. And the quality of the pizza matched the size. And that is hard which to is, find. Yeah, which is rare. If you want to take a look at that monster pizza, it was called the Big Mammal, I believe, right? Yes, it was. It was, it was the Meat Lovers. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to check out uh, the Big Mammal, <laughs> it is on our Instagram page. If you dig deep enough, you will find it. My favorite part about Albuquerque, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul locations. I went yeah. there with the Betmobile. You can also see that on our Instagram page. And yes, they actually film there and everything is the same. Well, mostly the same. They, they make slight modifications here and there. But you can go to all the different shooting locations of those two series and take pictures there. And it's really cool. There's a map Walter, online that you can find. Walter White's house where, yeah, yeah, other, yeah. where other people drove from Minnesota mm-hmm. to <laughs> Albuquerque to, to, to take a picture of this. House. There's some crazy diehards out there. Well, the... the Guy from Minnesota, I remember who you're talking about. The look on his face when we told him we were from Toronto because he saw the Ontario license. Yeah, plate. that's right. We trumped him on that. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. You there think you go. you're? I'm, I'm calling him crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're, yeah. we're we're driving to Las Vegas from <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. And that takes us into our last place, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
we got there uh, again at the end of August. And how long did we spend there? Four or five days, I think, Godfather. Uh, no, total. We were there. We were there seven. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Man. Because we had we three days, up. and then yeah. and then the full dog said, "Okay, now we have like a normal amount of Vegas time left, which is yes. four days remaining." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Vegas is Vegas. Again, I Vegas. was there for six months, so you know we had a good time, and I think we went for a nice steak at the end of the journey, right? Our uh, our steakhouse in the MGM. Yes, Tom. Tom Colicchio. Colicchio, yes. Craft Steakhouse. Yeah, that's one of our favorite. But now, apparently, yeah, Edge we is have better, a little right? competition. Yeah. Have a little competition there. Got better price point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, so that that's how we got down there. And then I spent six months there, and February 15 rolled out. We checked out from the condo then, and then Britt and I had stops along the way. Our first stop was Park City, Utah. Park City, Utah, uh, great little ski town. Not much more going on there than skiing and snowboarding and all that stuff. You fucking ski? No, I didn't ski. Part of the Toronto purge of 2022 <laughs> uh, was my ski gear, my ski jacket, my snow pants. So I had nothing. I had nothing. Britt went snowboarding. She loved it. Uh, I just walked up and down Main Street in Park City uh, great spot, but I got the sense that everyone there uh, probably has an extra dollar or two to spend. <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> mucho dinero, I think, in Park City. Ah, That's the feeling I got. But nice. good spot, a good spot. Okay, uh, good, yeah, good. Nice little ski town. Any good eats? Um, we no, we we kept it simple. We went to just some mom and pop joint that I wouldn't recommend anyone go to. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to okay. say their name. There's no sense in shitting on them. Uh, espresso too. I had a decent espresso, but nothing, oh, fuck. nothing your really to de- report back. Your decent espresso. <laughs> hey, don't get me started. Don't get me started. I'm starting to make a name up for myself with those espresso <laughs> reviews. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, the next place we stopped was Missoula, Montana. Now I got a quick story about Missoula. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was week 15 of the football season. I went to the Bellagio for Sunday night football and I'm just sitting there, you know, minding my own business. And all of a sudden there's this group from Seattle that walks in and they are bombed. This one dude (laughs) in particular that sat right next to me, best buddy in the world all of a sudden, right? (laughs) Just absolutely polluted. So he starts chatting me up and I tell him why I'm down there. And, you know, it's a pretty unique story. So I've got his attention now. And then I tell him, yeah, I'm driving home to Canada at the end of the season. And he's like, oh, Bisk, you gotta, you gotta promise me that when you're going north, you stop at this place called the Montana Club. It's a restaurant all over Montana. They're all over. They have like three or four different locations. You gotta stop there. It's the best. And again, he was sauced up. So he must have repeated this at least a half a dozen times. But obviously, you know, when someone is that passionate about it, usually the truth comes out when you've had a couple cocktails. So I marked it down. I said, okay, I am definitely going to make this place a stop. So Britt and I went, we stopped in Missoula. And let me tell you, this restaurant's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm <laughs> telling drunk, you. 
the drunk dude was right? Yes, yes. Shout out to Lorne from Seattle. Now, the thing is with Lorne from Seattle, so he talked a big game too. He told me that he had season tickets right on the glass for the Seattle Kraken and that anytime I come to the Seattle area, just hit him up. He gave me his number. He's like, Pisky, you're cool. Banfield Group is super cool. Godfather's not that cool, but whatever. He can come too if you if you, if you Fuck you, Lorne. With you. And... So just to keep a contact like that, because you never know. I, I've never been to Seattle, but you never know when I'm going to pop in. I, I sent him a, next, uh, a message the next morning. Just said, hey, dude, you know, thanks for all the recommendations. And uh, it was great chatting with you. Silencio. No response. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, happens. So when I went to this Montana club, and it was amazing. I overate. It was spectacular, right? Uh, I think, uh, what did we have there? I think I had the prime rib. Britt got the shrimp concoction. We had a, a dip that was there. We go off the Here. chart. Some Parmesan crusted crab dip. Beautiful. What, what, what? Here we go. What do you mean? No, I, my, you've been talking about this fucking dip <laughs> for the past fucking two months. Just agree. It's that good. I gotta let everyone it's know. It's a fucking That's what we're dip. Here for. Jesus. How many dips do you find in an Italian restaurant? Zero. So fuck. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> It made me lose my train of thought now. Uh, Where was I? Okay, so we eat at the Montana Club. After the meal, I go outside and take the tourist selfie with the Montana Club, and I send it to my buddy Lauren in Seattle. And crickets again! (laughs) (laughs) Cricket, he ghosted me! I'm out! So I don't know if, like, he probably probably doesn't even remember. He's like, what the fuck is this 416 number? Fucking texting me all the time. Who is this? 100%. (laughs) Spam block. Also in the Montana Club, they do have a tiny little casino. It was funny. That was the first casino that we saw after leaving Las Vegas. Uh, It was a joke, obviously. uh, (laughs) I I mean, super, super small. Like, pretty much the size of a living room. Uh, But one thing that I did notice in there was a sports betting kiosk. Bet Montana, I think. Yeah. Bet Montana. So obviously I, I went through it. Okay, let's see what they're offering. And I pull up the menu. Dude, minus 118 on sides and totals. So if you want to take someone, March Madness, whatever, Alabama against whoever, minus 118, you got to lay on a straight bet. Can you believe that? Uh, well, Having having done some sports betting here in Ontario for the past uh, six months, eight months, however fucking long it's been, yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, because these you know government regulated books, it's like hit these guys up with as much juice right out of the gate. The juice is right out of the gate. But see, this is why I want to start making educational content and stuff and courses, whatever. Because we need to educate people about this. You can't be laying one eighteen. You don't stand a fucking chance if you're laying one eighteen. Yeah, one eighteen. No, what? Yeah, it's it's a little criminal. But we've spent a lot of time. But someone did someone did reach out on social media and said that Bet Montana is very similar to the Lottery Corporation here in Ontario. It's government run, and the reason why they have that kind of juice apparently. Is because they have no control. You can bet anonymously at the kiosk. Which still, still okay. Still, what are you what are you afraid of? You know what a, I mean. A, a little cost of doing business, I imagine. But right. still, I mean, one eighteen is uh, is exorbitant, it's absurd to absurd. to any of our listeners that are novices. Exorbitant. Yeah. Don't do it. No, you can't. You can't. You don't stand a chance. I'm telling you, you do not stand a chance. And this is 
again, what we as the Banfield group have to represent like, okay, sure. We do our own betting and shit like that, but you know, everyone talks about their fucking picks and you know, their heaters and, and they're breaking down games. We don't do that shit. We don't do any of that. What we do is tell you about real life. You hear the Godfather and I talking, right? We, we sprinkle in majority of real life shit with a bit of sports betting here and there. But this is what we got to explain to people is that you can't be doing it because sports betting is difficult enough as it is. Yeah. If you're laying that kind of juice, forget about it. On a straight up bet? like Crucifixion. So that was Montana. Uh, After that, we made our way to Sandpoint, Idaho. Sandpoint, Idaho, again, is another little ski resort town. My cousin lives there. Oh, yes, familia. They, yeah, familia. Beautiful spot. Dude, I I couldn't have pointed out, forget Sandpoint, I couldn't have pointed out Idaho on a map. I had no idea about this state. Do you know anything about Idaho? Well, of course. I didn't, what, fucking of course. Fail, I didn't fail geography like oh, you. get out of here. There's no <laughs> way you know anything about Idaho. You're so full of shit. <laughs> Anyways. It's right beside Utah, dummy. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. What do you mean it's not? No, you got to go through Montana first. Yeah, oh, Actually, sorry. No, that, uh, no I, I fucked that up. That's not true. Because we did go Utah, Idaho, Montana, back into Idaho. See? You look at the it's map. right beside Montana. Okay, Mr. Geography. Settle down. <laughs> uh, beautiful spot. Uh, thanks to my cousins, Megan and Paige, for having us up there. Uh, it was great touching base with them. They had some mushroom chocolates there for us that we uh, got to experiment with. Very nice. You, Did you see you, that on social media yesterday, yeah, Godfather? Well, fucking of course. I, I fucking... can't get away from you. Apparently, I... there's a fucking magic mushroom dispensary on Queen Street here in Toronto. What the you fuck is a, that? You have a fucking problem. You got to just, just eat pasta. Listen, people reached out and told me. I said, there's no way that they're actually selling magic mushrooms here. People told me, yes, they're good for your mental health. They're good for your mental health. <laughs> okay. Apparently, I, I, I'm on board. Let's go. Viva, <laughs> viva dangerous veggies. Let's go. Ah, oh, Jesu Cristo. Anyways, um, yeah, Great Point, Sandpoint, Idaho. I would recommend definitely visiting there. And this whole time, okay, I, I got to make a mention about the drive. The drive was spectacular. All the, the scenery. Mountains, the scenery. Yeah, yeah, Jeep yeah, country, yeah. baby. It, it finally clicked and made sense. This is why I acquired the Jeep Wrangler. I am in Jeep country. I've, I'm telling you, dude, driving these long distances, pure happiness, pure joy. And normally, you... I, I drive Toronto to Montreal and I want to fucking kill someone at the end of the trip yeah well but how did uh beautiful how did, how did you make out like getting off and uh, uh off and on highway ramps everything good there like yeah any issues yeah no well, this thing drives through anything almost anything we'll get to that oh, okay yeah <laughs> okay precisely <laughs> after sandpoint it was time to cross the border we went into calgary my brother lives in calgary uh, it was great spending time there with him and his partner, Courtney, great peoples. I think I mentioned this last podcast. Amazing. Amazing. Britt and I spent a, a weekend in Banff as well. Very nice. Oh, Banff gosh. is beautiful. Right? Again, right in the fucking mountains. Did you know that you cannot buy property in Banff? I did. You did know that? Yes, I did. I I, I obviously went and took a look there because I'm like, oh, my God. This would be a great area to Airbnb something, right? You pop in, maybe yeah. a couple months a year and airbnb the rest of the time 
But uh, no, it's next to impossible. You need to know somebody. You need to have blood relations. Blood relations. To somebody yes. on the inside in Banff. And you can't even live there unless you're working there. Yeah, I do know Very because my, my original consigliere compare who looked into it, got the same shutdown information that you got, and then he settled up in Saint-Sauvert, Quebec, right? Oh, yes. You used to visit that often, I remember. Yes, I used yeah. to. Nice. So, yeah, Calgary, uh, fantastic time. I did crack my windshield in Calgary, and apparently that is very common on any vehicle, especially the Jeep Wrangler, because the windshields sit up so straight. So when the crack appeared, my brother gave me a high five and told me that I'm officially an Albertan now. Oh, wow. Driving around with a cracked windshield. So So Banff was a little she-she, right? That's got the reputation of an Espanso place. I mean... Uh, yeah, it's, you know, accommodations and drinks are, you know, a little bit pricier there. But this was the first time Britt and I were spending Canadian dollars in six months. You know how good that felt? <laughs> Dude, yeah. 35%. Yeah, it's expense. Right? Yeah, it's super expense, <laughs> Vegas. Are we? Are you kidding me? $29 Negronis. You know, Shout out to Caesars you know, Palace. Yes. So, and, you know, not to bring it up, I mean, but, you know, we you did do... We talked about it on another podcast. You you talked about it on social media. You know, the whole, you know, breaking even for the season. Yeah, people got to also understand when you make that statement, you know, you you were accounting for expenses. Yes. In that in that statement. Yeah, well, I put it all together. Like, yeah, okay, precisely. How much, how much and, did living costs, rent, yeah. uh, eating, and, you, you know, know, we had a good time there. Obviously, we're just not going to stay indoors in Vegas, you know. $30 Negronis add up, people. Fuck, they do. They do. And that's why, thank God, we got the Caesars or Diamond Plus yeah. status because yeah, without once. that, holy Jesus Christo. Nah. Um, so someone reached out about Calgary. Now, there were a few people that reached out in Calgary, actually, and I want to send out an apology. You know, I didn't have a lot of time there. And if you've been following the podcast, you know that my family situation is a little bit iffy. So we were dealing with a lot of family stuff and uh, just wanted a lot of time to ourselves there. So I... Uh, I apologize that I ran out of time and couldn't meet some of the people that reached out and offered to fuck. Some people offered to go to the Hitman game. Some people offered to go out for a steak. Other people offered to go out for drinks. Uh, and this is all very humbling and very amazing. You know, if I had more time, I would definitely take you guys up on this kind of stuff. But uh, obviously, familia first, right, Godfather? Familia first, without question. You you need to apologize. So I'll let you continue. <laughs> hey, uh, if people no, are nice to you you gotta reach yeah. out you gotta you know i no, mean hey this is this is part of what we're trying to do here we're trying to expand and you know if we can go out and have a good time with with some loyal listeners or some fellow content creators uh, we're all about it because that's yeah. what we're doing here we're expanding the network uh, one person did reach out and mention something about calgary i think they're still dealing with their Western Lottery Corporation and Godfather. You know how everyone shit on us at the OLG when we worked there because we they always said, oh, your odds are terrible. Yeah, well, we couldn't move our odds. That's why, you know, we needed an extra layer of defense. Yeah, but of on a straight bet with the old lottery system, we would use 1.7 on each side of a bet. Yeah. Yeah. In Calgary, I, I don't know if they changed this, and I don't know if this is fact today in 2023, but obviously throughout the years, you know, going after these lottery corporations and 
doing different betting in different provinces. We looked into it, and I think they're still using 1.6 on each side. Hey. Can you fucking believe that? That's, uh, if, if you're adding on top of, uh, uh, of a OLG line, yeah, that can't be good. Wild. That's wild. wild. So, uh, yeah, obviously no betting was done in Calgary that, uh, (laughs) like that. Then my old man, shout out to Georgie, flew in from Montreal to Calgary, uh, spent a couple days with my bro and the boys there and Courtney, and then we head out. We head out on the cross-Canada trip. Uh, I can't say enough about my old man. Man, oh man, was he excited. (laughs) My dad's in his mid-60s now, and... uh, my you, kind of people. If you if you would have saw this guy, you know, just getting into the Jeep every day and stuff, you'd think that he was in his mid-20s. He was that fired up and, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. just had the time of his life. So, uh, it, you know, how many times, especially, you know, this will resonate with anyone that's getting a little bit older like myself. How many times uh, do you get the opportunity to drive six days across the country with your old man? Uh, uh, magic yeah it it really is and you know i i if you can still stand your old man because i know a lot of people don't get along with their parents but i do i love my parents very much um if you get the opportunity to do something like this definitely pull the trigger make some sacrifices because you never know you never know you know none of us are getting any younger and uh you know my dad and i will never forget this trip together across canada so here it is our first stop was moose jaw saskatchewan we went there because the Moose Jaw Warriors were playing, WHL team. Uh, hilarious, small town. The barn in Moose Jaw was exactly the way you'd expect a barn in Moose Jaw to be. Uh, not a ton of people at the game, but uh, you could tell that there are a lot of like season ticket holders there and, and shit like that. It's the um, only game in town. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, after the game, we tried to keep you know the betting thing going, so we went to Casino Moose Jaw. And Godfather, I remember rolling up in the Betmobile and then it just dawning on me. I'm like, wait a second here. You know, this nobody knows who the Banfield group is in Moose Jaw, I assume. Um, but, I think, yes. yeah, I, I, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, betting is a big thing out there. But it dawned on me. I'm like, we must look like fucking degenerates right now. Because, okay, you see an always betting and a podcast type of thing buzzing around Vegas. You're like, okay, these guys you know, probably know a little bit about the industry. You see this in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan? You think, I don't know. To me, I think that screams degenerate. What do you think, Godfather? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Okay, good. They see an Ontario license plate that says, we bet 247? (laughs) I mean, what do you think they're going to (laughs) think? Yeah, hilarious, hilarious. I mean... Um, the casino in Moose Jaw, don't, don't go out of your way <laughs> to, to, to visit it. There's not much there at all. We did a quick tour just for shits and giggles. Uh, and then we got the fuck out of there, took a quick picture. And then I jumped on Google and said, okay, where's the place to grab a beer on Saturday night in Moose Jaw? Mm-hmm. And this place called Bobby's Place popped up. And Bobby's Place, conveniently, was across the street from Casino Moose Jaw. So okay. we walked in there. And, you know, at first from the outside, it looked closed. Once we got in there, my dad actually did, I wouldn't say a 180. I'd say he did about a 90 and said, oh my God, Al, there's way too many people in there. We got to go. We got to leave. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is perfect. 
<laughs> and we walked in there and dude, it was like the same kind of feel and vibe as walking into the bluff in Topeka, Kansas. The music basically shut off and everyone just looked at us and said, Who come on, dude, I was wearing a pea coat. How many p- people in Bobby places history, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, walk in there with a pea coat? <laughs> Zero. I'm going to say I might have been the first. I, I think I might have been the first. <laughs> But the place was rampacked. Rammed. Rammed. It was live that night. Saturday night. Oh, my God. Saturday night in the the jaw. It was uh, great times. Dude, uh, people stared at us. (laughs) I honestly felt like I either had a deformation or (laughs) I was a celebrity. One of the two. It could have, well, you know, I had a couple drinks in me. So I'm like, no, definitely celebrity. Because these people had their eye on us uh, nonstop. (laughs) Watching our every move. But man, what a time. Uh, what a way to start off the trip. My dad had a, a, a great time as well. Uh, we had quite a few beers and uh, yeah, memories to last a lifetime in Moose Jaw. Not many people can say that, I think. Nice. <laughs> uh, the next day we moved on to Regina. So Regina is only about 50 minutes down the road from Moose Jaw. And the reason why we went there, in case anyone didn't realize, mm-hmm. that's where one Connor Bedard is playing his junior hockey. So they had an afternoon nice. game yeah, against the Saskatoon Blades. And he is what you think he is. This guy, I mean, the craziest thing that we noticed is that when he moves into the zone, has possession of the puck, what he can do just in front of the, the defenseman that's like trying to stop him from a clear path to the net is unbelievable. Like the, the amount of control this guy has on the fly going 100 miles an hour is mind-boggling. But in true, th- this is where um, the pisky mush factor started to kick in. Now, if you don't know what a mush is, <laughs> Connor Bedard, I have some stats for you guys. Connor Bedard, in his last 10 games prior to the pisky mush appearance, 15 goals, 18 assists, plus 12. In 10 games, 33 points in 10 games. Correct. Pisky shows up. Pisky shows up. Zero goals, zero assists, minus five. <laughs> Holy Can you fucking believe that? Well, so, in, a way, in a way, I do, because I've been around this mush fucking effect for a long time. So, you know, everyone obviously has been asking us, how did Connor look? How did Connor look? You know, he looked, he looked good. He looks dangerous, but he did not have the best of game when we were there. But I, I think the night after, once we had left town, I think he got another two goals or something like that. There you go. The so streak can continue. Snow. Back <laughs> to a new streak. Wow. But uh, I got a question for you. What was the atmosphere like in the rink? Good. Packed. Packed. Yeah. yeah there Always sellouts in Regina, according to the locals, because of Connor Bedard. Yeah, great atmosphere. A lot better than Moose Jaw, obviously. A lot more vibe to it. But yeah. Listen, you got a phenom playing in front of your very eyes. You're, you're going to make every effort to get there and see him on a regular Good. basis because yeah, this yeah. guy is obviously projected to go number one. I heard the rumor that, you know, the NHL and Gary Bettman are going to do what they're supposed to do and he's going to be wearing Bleu Blanc Rouge come uh, <laughs> next season. What do you think about well, that? that? That would be fucking amazing. Maybe I'll start <laughs> watching hockey again. <laughs> 
so that was that was Regina. Uh, next up, Winterpeg. Oh my God! Now there's only one thing I have to say about Winterpeg. Actually, there's two things I have to say about Winterpeg, both negative. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into the second half uh, and mix it in with that W five special that uh, aired a couple months ago. But dude, the, the cold in Winnipeg. I've never felt anything like that in my entire life. I grew up so, in Montreal. I've been to places like the Sioux, to Calgary. Calgary with the wind chill, I think it was minus 33 overnight when I was there. But nothing felt like it felt in Winnipeg. Wow. Dude, we had an eight-minute walk from the hotel to the arena to watch the Jets. We had to stop after five minutes because I couldn't feel my ears anymore. They started burning. The fucking, oh, the fucking frostbite already. Before, yeah. yeah. Five minutes outside. Okay. Insane. We're not fucking going to Winterpeg. Insane. Insane. I can't, I cannot believe that people put up with that regularly. And obviously there's people on social media saying, oh, come on, LOL. It's not that bad. It's actually <laughs> kind of balmy. If it gets any colder than that, like, I, I don't even know. Like, how do you, how do you function there? That's insane. But wow, that's dangerous. That's yeah, dangerous cold. So it, it's fucking brutal. I made uh, the one and only bet that I made on the entire trip because I was dealing with WHL games and I didn't feel like going and digging for odds and, and line shopping and all that shit. But I said, you know what? We're going to the Jets game. Obviously, that's very easy, like easily accessible. I went full hardcore square slash public. I took the Jets money line. No, sorry, money line, uh, puck line because I'm too cheap. To, lead, to lay minus 200. <laughs> he is, people. Yes. Uh, I took the Jets puck line against the San Jose Sharks because, again, I did three minutes. I did a purely recreational move. Or three minutes of research before I walked in the building. I saw the Sharks hadn't won in, like, fucking month. And they constantly get blown out. I'm like, oh, yeah, Winnipeg by two, no problem. Well, they were actually up. They were dominated the Sharks the entire game. They were actually up two to one. San Jose pulled their goalie. I looked at my dad. I'm like, all right, this is our opportunity. And I think they shot a puck down with like 16 seconds left. Uh, down the ice, it missed the net by maybe two feet. I'm like, yeah, that was it. Sure enough, the Sharks score six seconds later to push it to overtime. Now I'm pissed because I'm like, well, it's impossible for them to cover. So mm. fuck you. I want you to lose. And then the pisky mush kicked in again. <laughs> and sure enough, Logan Couture on a breakaway slides it five hole. Uh, Sharks win. Pisky Mush two and zero. Oh. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> Next up on the tour <laughs> was Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, big long drive across single lane highways in Canada. That was not easy, especially because going getting into Thunder Bay, uh, we got in at night, so. I do not recommend driving at night on these type of highways. It was fucking scary. Uh, the only thing I have to say about Thunder Bay is like five thumbs up to the place that we stayed. It's called the Courthouse Hotel. It is Banfield approved. This place, Godfather, it's a courthouse that was built in the 1800, 1890 or something like that. Oh, and so. in 2014, they gutted it out and changed it into a hotel, modernized it. Um, but a lot of the court feeling is still there. My dad and I went and took pictures in the actual like uh, court area, like uh, mm-hmm. yeah, where, where the fucking judge sits and everything like that. Uh, this place, nice, phenomenal, phenomenal. So if you're ever doing the cross country trip or you're just happen to find yourself in Thunder Bay, the courthouse is a great place to stay, and it was no more expensive than any of the other 
fucking two and three star places that we stopped along. The nice. Way. Yeah. So Banfield put, approved. Absolutely. Write that down. Next. Oh, day we, I ha- oh wait a second. A did you have a fucking steak somewhere? And in, in, you had a, a really good steak story, didn't you? Um, the what? steak we had was at um, the oh diplomat. The diplomat. Thank you. I didn't write that down. That was in Regina. Greek owned. So obviously amazing. Uh, how uh, are there Greeks in Regina? This this <laughs> I, I'm going to fucking search this. It was it was a great, great flavor. Great, uh, like the ambiance in there and the decor and stuff like that, the prices didn't make sense. The prices seemed like they were like way cheaper than they should have been. And gotcha. your steak comes with sides. See, being in Las Vegas, I'm tainted now. Every yes, time I get a course. steak, I expect to have to order sides as well. That wasn't the case. This was like keg style. Nice. Everything comes as one. Uh, it was great. The problem is we went in there on like a fucking Tuesday night or something like that. And they just squeezed us in. They were about to close. So I just felt like... A little ev- rushed. Everyone, yeah. Everyone wanted to go home. You know, I, my dad's been in the restaurant business his whole life. And, you know, he felt yeah. it too. So that was, you know, the only knock there. But, yeah, great spot. I, I'd recommend going okay. there for sure. Cool. Um, okay, after Thunder Bay, we went and stopped in Sault Ste. Marie. Now, for those unaware, <laughs> the Ontario Lottery and Gaming corporation headquarters are in Sault Ste. Marie. The second half of our sports department was in Sault Ste. Marie. So I had no choice but to go and take a thousand pictures with the Betmobile in front of the OLG building in in the Sioux. Uh, We did take in a Greyhounds game. The Ah. hometown mush continued there. The Greyhounds got spanked nine to two by Sudbury. Uh, it's funny. Nine two. Yeah, it, it, uh, the Sioux. The Sioux was a very young team. I think they had eight rookies in the lineup. So Still. yeah, they they got smoked. It's funny. Uh, our buddy, friend of the familia, Rob Pozzola, reached out on Twitter and <laughs> asked me for my uh, itinerary because he kept saying that he was going to play all the uh, home. Oh, sorry, all, all the visiting teams that I was going to because I was, yeah, Pisky the Mush. And yeah. sure enough, the Pisky Mush factor worked again in the Sioux. Uh, the only thing I have to say about my experience at the Sioux Greyhounds game is that they need to desperately upgrade their in-game entertainment. It was, I get it. This is a small town junior hockey area, but... Listen, I, I grew up in a small-town junior hockey area, Belleville, Ontario, with the Belleville Bulls. And Belleville's in-game experience was a little bit cringe, but nothing compared to the Sioux. I mean, these guys even, like, they had to use, like, Windows Media Player to play the national anthem. There was no singer. Oh, it was just like come this. on. Honestly, it was this, like, chime that you could probably download as a WAV file. <laughs> a MIDI file? Or yes. Something? Yes. That's what it was. Come and on. then, you know, the, the people, you know, getting Do doing little, little giveaways in the middle of the game were so goddamn cringe. At the end of the game, you know, my dad and I had this uh, routine where we'd go in front of the scoreboard and center ice and take a selfie. Try, try getting your dad to take a selfie with you. Like, okay, look at the camera, dad. Okay, smile <laughs> on the count of three. Like, oh my God, it was so painful. Anyways, we're about to take the selfie in the Sioux. This is literally a minute after the game finish. They fucking shut down the scoreboard. 
they make it all go black. You know, usually we had something there, the score and stuff like that. No, they basically turn off the lights in the arena. Everybody out. Let's go. Time to go home. Get out of here. Electricity is expensive in yeah. the zoo. Crazy. Oh, so, and, and that that wraps it up. We went uh, the next day. We drove home to Toronto. Quick stop in Sudbury for mm-hmm. an espresso review. Some people liked it. Some people didn't, apparently. Terrible and- fucking review. <laughs> And uh, I am back in Toronto now. And uh, wait, wait, wait a second, I, I think you're glossing over something. Nothing happened between Sudbury and Toronto. It's just smooth sailing all the way. <laughs> okay. You fucking, you, you, you kidding me right now? Okay, okay. We, so my dad uh, graciously helped out with the driving. He he let me concentrate on the social media, documenting the journey aspect of things. Mm. So he drove from. Uh, the Sioux right up until just north of Perry Sound. I don't have the ac- exact town written down, but it's 30 minutes north of Port Perry, I believe it is. Or Perry Sound, sorry. Perry Sound. Perry Sound. And uh, so we switch, we gas up, we switch up. I, I start driving. And then after the gas station, there's this little mud area where there's some 18 wheelers. And I said, okay, well, hey, fuck it. You know what I mean? We're in the Jeep. Let's, you know, let's get it dirty a little bit. So my dad starts, you know, nervously chuckling. He sees me driving through the puddles. No problem. At the end of the mud puddles was a big area of snow. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Let's drive out onto here. I can see tracks. I'm not the first one to go out there. I can see tracks. I'm like, yeah, we'll do a couple donuts or something. Then we'll get on the, get on the road. Well, I pull into this snowy area. I do, go to do a, like a U-turn. All of a sudden, vroom, the Jeep stops. And we're stuck. But I was in two-wheel drive. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've done this before all over Calgary. I was driving over everything out there. Put it into four-wheel drive. Everything's spinning. I'm like, oh, fuck. I've never dealt with this before. And then I can hear my dad. He he starts swearing. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You fucking, <laughs> you, you got us stuck. We're fucked. We're cooked now. We're you, cooked. You, you, you We're had the, to and, get and, and, cute. You just had to get cute. His line, his line of the, of the fucking trip. Ah, we're in the middle of bumfuck junction, and now we're stuck. So I'm like, no, dad, relax. There's four low on this bad boy. I put it. Oh, oh, low. yeah. There you go, Mister Jeep Lingo. Oh, deeper and deeper and deeper, and now, now the the, the fucking we're we're touching the bottom of the jeep. We're up on the, I don't know, my dad has a word for it, and he's probably going to be disappointed. The axle. The axle. We're on the axles. We're on the, how could I forget that? He was screaming that for fucking ever. Uh, You stressed the fucking guy out. Yeah, well. Just like you stressed me out. (laughs) You're fucking lucky I wasn't on that trip. Listen, it's part of the experience. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, well, no, dude, we had to, now we go back to the gas station. We ask if they can help us out. They send a Dodge Ram. The Dodge Ram has fucking summer tires on it. He backs up. My dad tries to coach him. The guy's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, don't worry about it. He drives into the soft, soft shit that I got stuck in. He gets stuck too. So now there's two trucks. Oh my God. Now there's two fucking trucks stuck. (laughs) So buddy at the gas station happens to have a tractor. So he drives no. the fucking tractor over. Well, like when you say pull... tractor, like a farm tractor? Like a farm tractor. It was a mini yeah, tractor, so though. Crazy. So it wasn't what a big a fucking boy. disaster. He, but he's able to pull out the, the Dodge Ram. So, okay, one guy's out. He tries to get us out. Forget it. It's pulling him in. That's how deep the fucking Batmobile was into the snow. 
So we had no choice. We had to call a fucking tow truck, CA. We go sit, walk a shame back into the gas station. We sit down and just sort of <laughs> sit there texting people, collecting our thoughts. And uh, yeah, thankfully the CAA dude showed up. He kind of chuckled and, you know, gave us the old boys will be boys. <laughs> My dad yeah. rolled his eyes and uh, they were able to pull us out. Thank God. So I think it in total ended up being a two, two and a half hour delay. <laughs> unbelievable and, and to our listeners for any of you that perhaps say godfather why are you so hard on this kid let me tell you during my leg of the road trip he routinely terrorized myself in the full dog pretending to pull off on the shoulder to take photos for his fucking content mania and and basically Anywhere that looked like it was rough and tumble, he'd say, oh, maybe maybe I'll do a little Jeep practice in here, eh, Mirabello? And he <laughs> drove me nuts, made me very stressed out, so I am not surprised that he got himself into fucking shit because he's always got to be fucking around. <laughs> That's my rant for the fucking show. Hashtag worth it, okay? <laughs> Listen, we need uh, yeah. a little controversy. GSP disagrees. I spoke to him. <laughs> we needed controversy on that road trip, and we got it. There and it was go. just a minor blip on the radar. But it was funny watching my dad because he wanted to freak out. And then he realized, like, listen, we, you know, it's not like we're on our way to a wedding. We had time. So just take it easy. You know, a mistake was made, a learning experience. And again, uh, I didn't grow up with mistakes being characterized as learning experiences. Okay. <laughs> you got to understand your pops. It's not a learning experience. A fucking mistake. <laughs> I got some statistics for you guys. Okay. Uh, total gas consumed Las Vegas to Calgary was 331 US dollars. Total gas consumed Calgary to Toronto was about 700 bucks. Uh, total we spent cheap. on No, no, no. This, no, this, none of this was cheap. So I just, you know, people asked, can you put something yeah. out that sort of summarizes everything? Because I'd like to know, I'd like to do the trip myself potentially one day. Yeah. So here it is. Lodging. I think was like 420 bucks. There's an asterisk next to that because my dad has sleep apnea. There's no question about it. He doesn't know it. And he claims there's nothing <laughs> wrong with him, obviously, but he is, you know, I tried to make it as close of a father son experience as possible. So we always had the two beds going in the room. You bailed on him. Just by the time I got to the him. zoo. No, dude, You're prima donna. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to fucking kill us because I'm not getting proper sleep. <laughs> by the time we got to the sioux i couldn't take it anymore i told them two rooms please i don't care what it costs they give us the two room keys i go up we're fucking our rooms are side by side with a connecting door <laughs> don't fucking try to tell me you could hear him snoring uh, no well here's the oh. thing we get in there and i could hear him on the phone yapping right he's fucking purebred greek these people aren't fucking quiet <laughs> so i can hear him through the door so what do i do i call the front desk i'm like dude listen i got these two extra rooms because i haven't slept in like four nights i cannot be next if i hear him snoring tonight through this door this is this is not good for anybody so if you have any other rooms available i don't care what floor they're on can you please switch up my room keys and, and get me into another spot. And the guy laughed at me at the front desk and he said, no problem, sir. Come down to the front desk. And he gave me a new room that was nowhere near my dad's. What do you think about that? I think that's fucking terrible. That's what I fucking <laughs> think. You're, you're a prima donna and that's all there is to it. Uh, 
I need my How sleep. bad can his snoring be? Ter- well, fuck. I can't bunk with you either because I know you're fucking part of that clan. I'm not a snorer anymore. Bullshit. I- you want to bet? I lost the hundo G. No oh. snoring. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. Not used to be bad, but anyway. <laughs> uh, lodging from Las Vegas to Calgary, those two nights in Park City were pretty pricey. Uh, we stayed in an Airbnb there. I think it was like 250 bucks a night. So that. Oh. Yeah, that was a little expense. And again, you're playing in U.S. dollars down there. So after conversion and everything. Um, she adds so up. Three nights, I think. Yeah, because uh, Montana cost just north of 200 bucks as well. Uh, total destinations throughout the entire trip. On the way down with you guys and all the way back with my pops and Brit. 17 total city stayovers. Wow. Crazy. And if you That's look nuts. on Again, if you look on our Instagram page. You'll be able to see the, the the drawing of the map. Dude. Interesting. The drawing of the map looks identical to the Kansas City Chiefs logo. Does it not? Did you yes, look at it? Yes, I did. Of course I did. I watch everything you put out there. Is that a coincidence? Fuck, we knew the entire time. We just had to map it out. Chiefs for the Super Bowl. So easy. So easy. Well, let's. we'll so, pay a little bit more attention to the map quest for next year. <laughs> Total kilometers throughout the entire trip, 10,225. And obviously a little bit higher because, you know, you drive around, you're doing lunches. We did the BAM thing. That was so you, yeah, 10,000 kilometers you, on the you, Betmobile. You, you put the Betmobile through a little a little exercise. That's she, for sure. She needs an oil change. She needs a window, a windshield change. She needs to be cleaned. Um, and the bumper is a little bent because, yeah, uh, I didn't mention this, but at the Montana-Idaho border, there was a little sign there. You know, we kept taking, if you noticed it on our social media pages, every time we crossed into a new state or major city, we would get out and take a picture. Well, I saw the Idaho fucking sign at the last second because everyone put stickers on it for some reason. And there was a big snowy area right in front of the sign, right? Again. Lots of, lots of fucking room. Lots of room. So I pull off, but I was going pretty fast. And I was coming down a hill, and when I put on the brakes in the snowy area, well, what's under the snow? Pure fucking ice. ice. So I must have hit a snowbank doing. It had to have been sixty miles an hour. Come. It was. It was insane, dude. I I, I couldn't believe. It was like, oh fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, bang. That's it. How did the yeah. airbags not deploy? Shockingly, shockingly, a good Samaritan stopped uh, because he thought we were injured. That he said, I. How hard you hit that? I, I'm shocked that no one's injured here. He tugged us out because we got stuck after that. Tugged us out, and then as we were backing up, I'm like, "Fuck, this is going to be brutal." If I was in my old car, the Audi, th- this thing would have been an accordion. Oh my! God. If I was in any other vehicle, it would have been total. The Jeeps, because they sit so high, and because there's no like lower fenders or bumpers or anything like that, it survives. So I back out of the snowbank. I think this is going to be bad. All that had happened was a little bit of a bend in the bumper. Lucky. Anything else would have been totaled. So shout out to oh Jeep. I am God. a Jeep enthusiast for life now. There's no questions about it. All these fucking <laughs> questionable decisions. Ah, learning. Always learning. Always uh, betting. Always learning. So that's it. That wraps up that portion of the podcast. That Now you know the entire trip. And uh, yeah, I uh, would I do what? it again? I mean, if we had a purpose to do it, absolutely. My dad and I asked this question many times. We said, would we do this again? There was a purpose, for sure. If for just for shits and giggles, it's a long fucking drive, man. I, I it was essentially, I lived the life of a trucker for a month. 
Yeah, I got you. But I mean, you know what? You do a very good job of including um, activities along the way, and it doesn't feel as bad, right? Yes. Yeah. I exactly. mean, on our leg of the of of the road trip, um, our express purpose was to. Uh, get an overview of every sports book along the way, and the, that that definitely gave it a purpose. And hey, opa! And it didn't. Uh, it certainly didn't feel very um, onerous. I agree. I agree. And yeah, you're you're there for a purpose to pr- make content, document the journey. So that was a lot of fun, and uh, it taught me a lot too. Like just different things and how to keep on top of it and how much is too much and all kinds of shit. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I I was really happy to be a part of it. (laughs) That first leg was amazing. Probably the best thing I did in 2022. That's, that's awesome. And apparently my dad, uh, he met a bunch of his car buddies here in Toronto. We went to a car show. Mm -hmm. So we got to lift back to Montreal with them. And they texted me once they got back and told me that all he talked about the entire way was our trip. So there you I go. know my pops loved it. And uh, again, it was just great to, you know, you only have to worry about, you know, keeping that beautiful machine straight and aligned and uh, lots of laughs and lots of experiences. Um, great times. Great times. Beauty. So Godfather, for the next part of the podcast here, we're going to back up and we're going to go back to Winnipeg. Because I sat down there, we went to the Jet Sharks game, lost my bet, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I was startled. I, the minute I sat in my seat um, at the Canada Life Center, I think that's what it's called now, the sports betting ads. Dude, oh. I, I, I could not believe my eyes. Right in front of my face on the board, sports interaction. Predatory book, they kick you out if you start winning too much. Bodog.net. Again, predatory sports book. One of the better predatory sports books out there. They give you a longer leash, but they will kick you out when you start kicking their ass. Betway, garbage. Predatory, as predatory as they come. They had a big, they even had a predat, uh, sorry, a Betway uh, pregame, I don't know, pregame like show type of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Brought to you by Betway. Betway was all over the arena. Jeez. Then you had. Casino Winnipeg, they were doing a bunch of advertising as well. And then the one that that really like put me off, on the armrests of your fucking seat in this arena, there was a QR code that said bet on the game now. And it was an advertisement for Play Now based out of BC. So you could scan that thing. And literally, I, I did, obviously, to check it out. And it would take you to their website. You can sign up and start placing bets. Unbelievable. That That is sickening. That is sickening. It is very foreign for someone like myself who has been involved in the sports betting industry. And the Godfather too. We've been in the, this game for a very long time. And sports betting has been so taboo. Especially when you go back to the early days that the full dog and I got involved with it. You know, people couldn't believe that we made a living in sports betting. This, you know, this was before the betting that we did personally. It was more the bookmaking, right? I, how can, yeah. how do you guys make money on sports betting? So it was so taboo, gray area guys. Now it's everywhere and it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool to be a sports better. And this is another thing that I want to do with Banfield content is just almost like a, a safety net between sports books and, and just the betting industry itself as a whole that 
It is not easy to make money in this industry long term. It is very fucking difficult. And these goddamn sites make it look so easy and make it look so cool that everyone is doing it. It is too much. I think the government has to step in here and take control of this because like my father mentioned to you, Godfather, at the lunch we had, what is the difference between big tobacco advertising and, and these gambling jerks advertising? What's the difference? Which one is more detrimental? I think we can make an argument that the gambling is worse. What do you think? Well, there's, there's certainly an analogy between the two. I mean, big tobacco basically would deny that their product was can, uh, was uh, cancer-causing for decades and decades, like maybe 50 years, 40 mm-hmm. years, right? Until the, st- un- until the stats and, and, and the medical research unequivocally showed that it was connected and you know so this is the honeymoon period for the, for these uh, for this regulated market and yeah it's it's just it's just total horseshit the inundation of social media uh, tv radio in person the the ads are they're just it's oversaturated and it's targeted to young people uh, but that's nothing new in this industry, you know. No, I I think it is new because before they weren't allowed to advertise. No, right? the full dog mentioned this to me multiple times. It's like fuck. I thought the offshore industry was bad, you know. So, you know, blowing people up via text message and email and even paper mail uh, before the football season and shit started with all their crazy bonuses and all that garbage. These guys are doing it daily. Like you can't walk around in Toronto without seeing a sports betting ad. No, n- impossible. Right? Streetcars, fucking TTC, yeah. Um, yeah. Go Train. They're they're fucking everywhere. But w- like, what man, I meant on, on the seat, like that's yeah. that's insane. And then well, with a barcode, I mean, if if that doesn't make you check it out, nothing will, right? Fucking people are attached to the to their phones. Let, let's see what they're talking about, and you know, there you have it. You know, but I mean, what I meant from my comment was, yeah, they wouldn't advertise in the past, but you know what? Their intention was get them young, get them early, and I got them for life. That's crazy. And that, that's going to lead to so many big problems in our society. Yep. So yep. again, and- this is why I want to step up and say, hey. If you're going to do it, don't do it at minus 118. Don't do it. Well, yeah, because it's you're, you're basically adding insult to injury at, at that point. It's insane. Right? It's insane. And, you know, I know we're going to get into this piece. By the way, I'll just tell our, our listeners we may have misidentified it. I don't think it's a W5 piece, Pisk. It's the fifth estate. Oh. I think they're, you know, I think they're two separate. Uh, My bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. One W5, I think, is uh, C, uh, CTV. Oh. Fifth, fifth estate, CBC. So, and uh, before we start talking about it to our listeners, look it up. It's called The Gamblification of Canada. Mm-hmm. And it is an engrossing 45 minutes. It's insane. And it aligns perfectly with this, with what I saw. Yeah, it's all about what you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I wanted to tie it all together. Um, First thing I want to say about the documentary is, (laughs) who is that announcer? You you must know him. Like, you must have seen him with so many different types. Bob McCown is his name? Um, The guy guy that hosts it. His voice is hilarious. Just so fucking dramatic. Yeah. No, no, I forget... um... What's his name? I don't think it's Bob McCowan. 
But yes, he's he's been with the Fifth Estate a long time. It's Bob McCown. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, But spelt M C K E O W N. Okay. Okay. But I I I had to make a mention of that right out of the gate because you know someone like me that's trying to you know wrap his head around this social media and content kind of stuff like. The big thing that drew me to TikTok is just being myself. I'm able to be myself and it works. TikTok is an app for that where the more genuine you can be, the better you're going to do on that platform. Whereas everything in the past, you know, whether it be advertisements that you see on TV or, you know, just bullshit on on Instagram, like everything has that corporate feel to it. It's not real. This guy, the way he talks is not real at all. Like there's no way this guy talks like this in person. But I, I don't know. It just it really got me right out of the gate. He's like, "This is Bomber County, Toronto, <laughs> in Canada." Like, wow, that's, just that's, just so dramatic. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. It works perfectly for what he's doing. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to make mention about that first. Um, but yeah, so they they go on to talk about like, is this good or is this bad? And you know, I have to side with the Fifth Estate here. This this is not good, and this is not going to end well. This is going to be some people online. Uh, some of our followers have mentioned that it's going to be the next opioid crisis. And mm. fuck, you know what I mean? I I can't say that's... I can't say that's completely wrong. I don't know well, how bad they... you know. I don't really follow that shit, but this is going to be bad. It's definitely going to be a crisis, mm-hmm. without question. And it's it's really sad because. My position at the uh, at the OLG previously, I mean, we were the only game in town, and you know, for the better part of a, over a decade, you know, the opening up of the market was front page news, and we got to get there, we got to get there. But I mean, now that we've gotten there, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but you're going to see you're going to see the nastier side effects start to infiltrate because of these tactics that they're using mm-hmm. the, the, the right off the beginning of that documentary i mean not targeting young people really yeah, austin matthews yeah. austin matthews every kid in toronto watching this guy every three times a week and he's the lead spokesperson for bet 99 you're not targeting sure you are and then you have McDavid over and, for MGM. Yeah, yeah, and Wayne Gretzky. I mean, it just does a really good job of tying in even these sports books' use of celebrities as bait, mm-hmm. right? And that's got to stop. Yeah, that has to and, stop. Well, they, in the UK, they did stop it. In yeah. the UK, they had to put out an amendment, a law, basically prohibiting the use of celebrities because. That and, and it's just it's it's a tactic to get people in and you're targeting the most vulnerable people. And yeah, and I mean, like I said in, in, in the previous in the previous podcast, all the regulator needs to do is make sure that all these operators have their responsible gaming shtick prevalent that's, front and center it's a shtick that's that's bullshit though and i'll tell you why because nowadays isn't like the early 2000s when we were coming up in the industry back then you could only access these sites via your computer right so you had yeah. to be like physically in front of your computer now with the 
advancement in cell phone technology, smartphone, you can bet, and, and live betting, that's another one, yeah. you can bet at any moment at, of any day in any situation. You're taking a dump at work. You can throw in a bet, $5. Of course, yeah. Right? That's insane. So the fact that you you throw up the marketing on top of all that, of how easily accessible it all is, you can put up all this fucking responsible gambling shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It, like how it, many people to, actually use that? I don't know. I don't know. But as you'll see in this documentary, the advertising and the targeted marketing to your inbox will continue even after an unfortunate incident of a suicide directly associated to sports wagering. Yeah, and that's why and, we call and, them and it just can, yeah. and, and it just continues after that. You can be, they can say, oh, no, no, we make sure that you can self-exclude is the term in the industry where you basically put it in writing that you want to be banned, you want to be restricted from accessing this product, you will still get betting yeah. ads. You will yeah. still get you're not, invites. You're not supposed was, to, but again, they're you're going not after people to, but who can't do. even fight yeah. it off, right? And, 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 and so the, here's my argument, and obviously we've been scre- screaming about this at the Bantu group forever, is like, think of how predatory that is, that they'll take everyone's fucking action, but as soon as you start winning, they kick yeah. you out! Yeah. yeah. There is How a, do you justify that? The Fifth Estate didn't touch on that, and I'm a little pissed oh. off that I'm only seeing this video or this sort of this documentary two months after the fact, but maybe they can make a part two and they can interview us and we can tell them, yeah, guess what? It gets worse. Not yeah. only well, do they hook you and bleed you dry. If you turn the tables on them, they tell you to scram, which is fucking yeah. mind boggling. Yeah. So you know what, Pisk? They did touch on the AGCOs role in monitoring the sports books and they did they did they they did touch on it in a in a roundabout way because they implicitly showed the agco's rules and regs Mm -hmm. where it said that the rules are written with a high level of generality yeah okay and 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 flexibility was another word yes and this gives the operators the sports books the flexibility to determine what works best for their business. That's all you need to know as a player in this regulated market. Pisky calls the spade a spade. He calls it, you're kicking out winners because if you show any sign of intelligence, they will just kick you out. They don't want your business. So that falls under the flexibility to determine what works best for their business. Exactly. So you can't have it both ways, is my argument. That is the argument. It is based on having it both ways. Yep. You know, when they talk about responsible gaming, Pisk, all they're doing is they're shifting they're shifting the responsibility of responsible gaming to the player. Yeah. Not the entity providing the product. And that can't be right. No. Right? It's not. That can't be proper. If it was a level playing field for everyone, then, okay, you take the good with the bad. But the fact that it's designed in a way that you cannot win long-term, they will kick you out. Yeah, you can't win. Garbage. As soon as you, if you go on a heater, you're done. 
Worst thing that can happen to you is go on a heater with one of these predatory books. Garbage. You can kiss and the account goodbye. We all about, know that. And if you about, don't know that, yeah, you're going to get a big surprise soon. Mm -hmm. What about Gary Benton switching gears? Oh, right? yeah. that Just was to... that was pretty pathetic. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even even the the highlight piece of the documentary on Wayne Gretzky when I mean him and his association with Rick Tockett. Really, you're you're the GM of the of the Coyotes. Your head coach is running a betting syndicate for somebody, and uh, you didn't have anything to do with it. You didn't dabble, but your wife put a five thousand dollar bet on the coin toss in the uh, Super Bowl between the Steelers and the Seahawks. Hello? Come no, on. That, that, is, on. that is crock of shit because coming up in the industry, right, when the full dog and I worked at BetUS, BetUS was a split call center. So basically they had BetUS clients calling in, but they also had a credit portion. A credit book works like the PPH ones out there, uh, Paperhead. So basically, if you're a bookie, let's say in Toronto, and you don't want people texting you and calling your cell phone, you're going to reach out to one of these PPH sites and you're yep. going to get them to set up accounts, credit accounts, and your players are going to call their toll-free number. They're going to log into action, the website yeah. and make their bets on the website. This is what Talkit was. Talkit was an agent. Or he was associated with an agent. I, I'd have to yeah. go back and read the story. It happened a long yeah. time ago. But I remember listening to Wayne Gretzky telephone calls and Janet Gretzky telephone calls of them calling in bets. And I'm like, okay. That wasn't our call center at BetUS, but it sounds exactly like it. You call in and you go, my account number is 2023 password. Great one. And then you go in there and you place your bet. And then the clerk gives you back a readback. We heard it all. It's on the tapes. Um, so knowing what I know about the credit side of things, I can say with 100% certainty that Gretzky was betting in there, guaranteed. And I'm sure Tockett had a lot of other big fish under his wing uh, because it, it, you make a fortune doing it. If you're a bookmaker, you're, you're making a fortune. Because again, 99% of bettors lose in the long run. And especially when you dabble into the celebrity life where they lose 10 dimes, 20 dimes, it, it really doesn't make anything. No, makes no difference in their life. So... Yes, that was a huge operation, and I'm sure there was a lot of people involved. And again, because of working at the the sports book, I knew how it worked. So I, I've you ain't got pulling the wool you. over my eyes. Great one. <laughs> I, I've got a, a question for your piss because part of this document uh, documentary on uh, on the Fifth Estate piece there, um, they they equated, and I quote: "Live betting is the most predatory form of sports betting." Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, as a recreational better, I agree. Because you're giving someone the opportunity to place a bet at any moment of any day. Yeah. So definitely. Okay. okay. Um, as a, you know, if you want to call us pros or sharps or whatever the hell you want to call us, yeah. um, I think live betting has the most advantages because yeah. I, I think books are the weakest on it. Because yes. there's a lot of... Um, variance that happens in live betting, right? You can find a lot yeah. of gaps between the sharp books and the recreational books. And if you build your models, you know, you're going to have, let's say an NBA total at 188 and a half. The industry's getting smoked. There's a lot of energy around the game. Steph Curry keeps hitting threes. Bet 365 is trading at 193. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's variance there. I think live betting is a lot easier to beat than pregame betting. And, and I know there's a lot of sports bettors, like good sports bettors out there, successful sports bettors out there that will agree with me on that. that that's a great uh, That's a great point that you brought up because right after they made that claim about, about the live betting, they were interviewing a problem gambler, somebody mm-hmm. somebody who w- did not want to be identified as part of the piece. And mm-hmm. that is exactly what he said, Bisk. He said that he couldn't get enough of the adrenaline rush that live betting presents yeah, because he was trying to get his bet in before they they leveled down the odds. Yeah. He 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 was, you know, as a live better. You need to be able to identify a line in your favor quickly and act quickly. And we've made all kinds of references to that type of behavior by the full dog and other live betters. Mm-hmm. And it, so basically it backs up your point that, you know, for someone that knows what they're doing, live betting is, is great because yeah. you, you, you have a little, you have an added opportunity to, to try to get some extra value. Yeah. Um, at the, well, just, but... just just to, to go off that point, Godfather, I'm not saying uh, go in there and try to beat the books at, um, you know, moving their lines type of thing. Right. So what we do in live betting is we're not watching a game and seeing a three go in and then trying to beat the bookmaker to the line. Right. The line. No, 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 That's no, not no, what we're no, doing. No. We don't bet in no, play no. at all. We bet at commercial breaks. Yeah, that's but a commercial no, break, no. again, there's good point. Just like just like half times. Just like quarters, there's subjectivity that goes into it. And there's sometimes there's a lot of books out there that the odds makers don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right? They're they're blindly copying Pinnacle, they're blindly copying Chris. If one of those two books makes a mistake, they're vulnerable. Then, then everybody that's copying yes. is is in doo doo. And let me tell you, there's some books out there that do these kind of things on purpose because they know everyone's copying them. A little bit inside uh, info for you there. A little, little, little inside mm, info, but yes. you know, it, just one other point I want to make, Pisk, before maybe if, if you want to change topics, I, I think another piece of this documentary that was actually very sad and startling to see that there was a study done by an addiction center, sports addiction crisis center in the UK, mm-hmm. and the number of suicides directly attributed to sports wagering was startling to me it was 409 suicides a year yeah bro man it's that's tough tough. that's tough tough. that's a that's the dark side of sports betting that obviously a lot of these people in the market now here in ontario they don't want you to see that right they don't No, of course not Um, they want you to see they want you to see the mgm lion roaring and and funny comedians you know uh you know ha 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 you know Mm. no entertainment this is a form of entertainment no but it's not fucking crock of bullshit it's not sports betting at its core form is like ego for people oh of course uh our buddy plus ev put out a beautiful tweet uh Fucking yesterday, or yeah, I think it was yesterday. Let me let me dig it up here. I, I'm gonna read it online because I just I found out a new thing on Twitter where you can make things into. Uh, Jeffrey Benson showed me this. Uh, you can make things ah. into a, a beautiful quote page. So I did it for Plus EV, and nice. um, let me let me read it to you. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing people that sports betting 
is a contest of who knows the most about sports. Yeah, I saw that. That is pure truth, ladies and gentlemen. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of people because a lot of people think that, hey, you know, I know the teams, I know the players, I know the coaches, I know the referees, I know the trainers, blah, 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 blah. That's not what it comes down to. You got to know the art of sports betting. So basically what I was thinking, I had a gummy last night. I was thinking about it and I said, let's say you watch a lot of racing, F1. Right? Or you haven't missed a race. You watch all the races in their entirety for the last 25 years. Does that make you a good race car driver? No, it does not. Hmm? If look, look at you, you watch, pulling out these analogies. If you watch a ton of hockey games, right? You're a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You're a loser. But you're a huge Leafs fan. <laughs> you watch all the games. You watch the out-of-town games. You, watch, you stay up. You watch the West Coast games. And you put on a pair of skates go out to an outdoor rink or something, you're going to dominate because you watch a lot of hockey? No. No. Of course not. Of course not. So the same works with sports betting, folks. It has nothing to do. you got to know the art of sports betting. you got to know how important line shopping is. you got to know how important getting the best of the number is. you got to know which sports books are good on certain things. you got to know which sports books are weak on certain things. you got to know how to get down. There's so much that goes into it. And again, that's what we're going to continue to scream about here at the Banfield Group. You're going to see it on TikTok. You're going to see it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. We're going to show you. That is is officially my job now is to build a content machine and show you guys that it really has nothing to do with what you know about sport. There you go. There it is. Well said. Yeah. We got we got serious yeah, on this was, topic. That was pretty fucking serious. <laughs> um, one more point that I saw. Did you see the Canadian Soccer League was basically a league made for match fixing? Oh, that was... Um... <laughs> Where? Where are we sleeping? I got to talk to the full dog about this. This is happening in our backyard. I think Vaughn had a team, Godfather. Well, fucking, the, well, hey, the Vonazuri, to... Forza. There's money to be made there, and you don't even fucking know, bro. That's the hey, uh, that's the second who... thing you didn't know about, right? Uh, that the underworld was happening in your backyard. Remember that fucking Super Bowl party years ago? I told, I've all told you and box, many other uh, the, all the bikers uh, and shit. Where were they busted? At Loop Park. Anyway, don't <laughs> talk about shit in my backyard. Um, anyway, but I, yeah, first we, of all, we didn't know what that, that was going on, and and we also missed the Tim Donahue shit too. We were in the industry when that stuff was going on. Yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. but we do it. Was, we do it the hard who was way. Taking we, we, that we, action. They didn't bet say three six five. Bet three six five. Bet three six five was taking the CSL action. I used to see live betting on th- on three six five all the time. Jeez. On the Canadian Soccer League, and I'm like, who the fuck is betting on this shit? I'm sure know. the limits were pathetic, but still. If you know the outcome, who the fuck cares what the limits are? Yeah, <laughs> it's free uh, money. That was a shocking piece of the of that documentary as well. And yeah. you know, following the 1986 World Cup, the the first time Canada, well, and until this last World Cup, the the, the only time that they had qualified for the World Cup, you know, when they went to Eastern Asia to to play in a tournament. You know, four Canadian players were approached and offered $15,000 each to lose to North Korea, which they somehow ultimately did. So you tell me, yeah. That's, uh, though, that's nothing like what the fuck well, in 86 in 86, 86 and you're yeah. a canadian you're a canadian soccer player that's 
probably a yeah. good chunk of change, but <laughs> wild, yeah, wild. But Please yeah, check out that watch, documentary. Yeah, watch guys, the um, Gamblefication of Canada, people. You can find it on. Look YouTube. it up. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, solid. Okay, Godfather. Um, we're gonna go move on to the next topic here, and I did say at the end of last podcast that I wanted to shorten these things up, but. I'm going to tell you why I have a change of heart about that. Like, obviously, we don't want to keep you guys here for fucking five hours. But I threw on Spit and Chicklets, popular Barstool Sports podcast, right? They talk about hockey and all the good things. Mr. Uh, Biz Nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're entertaining. They're really good. I threw that on with my pops in in the Betmobile as we were crossing Canada. And, dude, the episode that I clicked on was three and a half hours long. Oh, too long, bro. Fucking crazy or what? I couldn't Uh, believe it. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck, maybe I shouldn't be so rushed then. Maybe I shouldn't panic so much. Nah, three and a half hours is ridiculous. First of all, I won't do three and a half hours, and you're going to have to fucking do that. Well, we got to get going because this one's getting (laughs) up there. Uh, (laughs) Okay, let's go. A a quick mention about uh, WWE. It came out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, came, came out in the news this week that they're looking at trying to get betting on some of their wrestling matches in the That's WWE, so which we know is predetermined, right? We it's don't want to believe pre- it. It's kind of like it's learning that Santa Claus is, is not real. Uh, we don't want to believe it. As I mean, I cried. Teachers. I cried when some, somebody told me. But, I mean, I, w- I was 15 at the time. I still I didn't want to believe him. But anyway. So, Godfather, my question to you, we'll just ask a couple questions here. My question sure. to you is yay or nay to betting on the WWE? Big fucking nay. Are you kidding me? This shit is scripted and wrestlers are people they have handlers they have entourages it would not be hard to find out and uh, correct me if i'm wrong wrestlers may or may not have a reputation for consuming large quantities of alcohol to keep them keep them sane along their 360 working days a year no 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 i'm big big nay for me I agree. There's way too many um, people involved, right? Because you got the wrestlers, you got the referees. They know what's the, going you on. Got everybody. You got you the got, fucking guy tuning the ropes. Come yeah, on. you got the, the ringside announcers. You got it's just, it's just it's a Pandora's box of people around that all it takes is one person to slip, and it fucks everything up. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a good idea. I think they're just asking for trouble by doing shit like that. I saw people online uh, comparing it to the Grammys. But the Grammys is different. Like that's under that's that's fucking tightly sealed, is it not? I don't know anything it, about the Grammys. It, it's but. supposed to be, but I I I was incredulous when they started accepting bets on stuff like that, right? Because yeah. I, there's someone at the um, Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences or whatever the fucking organization is. You're trying to tell me that no, no. It, to me, it just doesn't seem. Viable. It doesn't. And I'll give you another example that's recent. You know, this Jake Paul TikToker kid that goes around fighting people in in semi, according to some people, very staged events. But I mean, it was leaked that he was going to go eight rounds with the guy and win. It was made its way onto onto sports betting Twitter sphere and all over the internet. And I know a ton of people that took that. And it's like, yeah, well, it says he's going to go the distance. So they put their money on him to win 
and he lost in a split decision. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I, hello, I, don't, I don't buy into a lot of this scripted shit that's making its way around the internet. Like, yeah, oh, the script but, is out? Nah, fuck. Yeah, I, I don't precisely, but I'm just showing the, the if fact If there is that a script, it ain't getting leaked. Trust it sh- me. And it shouldn't. But no. if it does, or how did they know that they weren't just trying to get more Jake Paul action going? And it certainly exactly. worked. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't read into that so, shit at for, all. So the WWE, for me, nay. Uh, yeah. I, I won't bet it, and I double, don't think it should Double be nose on our end, and uh, I, I don't think they can. I really don't. Speaking of wrestling, we're going to stay on this topic for a little bit. Uh, I want to send a congrats out to our buddies over at Main Event Wrestling, MEW Wrestling, uh, based out of Montreal. A couple of our buddies run that show down there. Um, they just had a successful MEW 7. And if you, again, paid attention to our social media, you'll see mm-hmm. that the Banfield Group is the number one sponsor. Our logo is big and juicy right in the middle of the ring. Isn't it the sexiest ring in the history of wrestling rings, Godfather? Well, again, classic pisky overstatement. But, yeah, it's really <laughs> cool to see. <laughs> it's, I mean, on. I don't have Mirabelli ink on anywhere. Uh, so I, I, I guess I will. That's not true, actually. When we left uh, lunch the other day, my dad noticed Mirabelli Corp on the highway yes. of the, on the side of the 400, I think. <laughs> That is that is correct. Anyway, yeah, yeah, you're keeping secrets. Uh, now. I see what's going on. Keep... Like, Fuck it, Benny's loaded. Look, like, yeah, I know he's a rope yeah, right. kind of guy. I've said that since yeah. the day I met him. Yeah, there um, you go. So yeah, but... congrats. Shout out to those boys. The next that's MEW nice. that's nice show, work. yeah, the nice the next MEW show is May nineteenth in Montreal. Uh, I highly suggest. If you're in the area or make a trip, it, it is so much fun. They put on a phenomenal show. Their crowds keep getting bigger and louder. I love seeing it. I love seeing other people going after things. So, um, yeah, keep up the good work, boys. Cool. And Godfather, are we going or what? <sighs> Pisk, you know, I can't, even tell you, I can't even tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow. And you we, want me to tell you really where I'm going to be on May 19th. I, listen. You got to hook me up backstage. I get to meet Santino, a fellow Calabrian. <laughs> yeah. Then we're talking. He lives in Toronto. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's a Toronto native. Uh, he Yes, Santino, who used to wrestle in the WWE, is the president of MEW Wrestling. Like, Come on! Really? Yeah, yeah. Like in the script. Yeah, he's just like, the, yeah, the press. He's the press. Nice. Um, I think it was just his birthday a couple days ago, so shout out and happy Even birthday better. to Santino. Bon compliano, Santino. May 19th, Godfather, we're going to make it happen, and uh, I actually have some time to plan for this one, so maybe we we do it in a really special Banfield kind of way. Um, I'm going to get to work on trying to plan something for MEW8. Uh, it's going to be fun. You're going to love it there. You're going to you're gonna any mail. Sounds dangerous. Right? And maybe anyway. you and I should have a cage match, just, you know, for the fucking oh, fuck fun of it. Dude, what do you think? Dude. You know how good I am at raking eyes? Honestly. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Professional eye raker. Ask all my buddies. Every time we go on the NFL trips, I fucking... Fucking, you want to be known as an eye raker. Whatever. Oh, my God. What? It worked for the Iron Sheik. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, March Madness. March Madness, the Godfather and I have had a yearly competition. Going back years, like honestly years, but it causes a lot of hostility. Way too much hostility. And we said, we said when you know when the Godfather came on board to help out with this podcast, we said, okay, we got to put all that shit, all those shenanigans behind us. We got to grow up. We're a team now. 
So I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm telling you. So we used to basically pick three brackets each, and whoever had the best bracket, the other person would have to buy the mistake. So I think, like, I almost bankrupted you with this. Did I not? No, I don't think so, man. I'm I, like, again, you're just like talking shit. Well, we're not going to do that anymore. So you asked me pre-recording. You said, Pisk, are you yeah. doing anything for March Madness? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And I know what I'm doing. I I, I, I know the, the brackets have to be in tomorrow before noon. So oh, everyone... Thursday before. Oh, yeah, tomorrow is Thursday. Thursday. What the fuck yeah. am I talking about? So get your brackets in, everybody. Um, But what I'm going to do is I don't want to put time into this. I'm in the process of building a Banfield content machine. And so much so that I'm actually thinking of renting out uh, office space just so I can focus because this work from home thing. I'm telling you, this work from home thing, uh, no mas anymore. It doesn't work. I got to get out there. I got to be part of the community. So I'm going to be doing that. And um, I don't have time to go through all these fucking schools and everything. I don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care. You guys might be shocked by that. Always betting. Blah, I'm blah, blah. very shy. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I don't care. Very... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight the fact because I think, you know, at this time of year, a lot of March Madness experts come out of the woodworks, right? Experts, bracket experts, bracketology. Well, yes. I'm going to highlight that this is all full of fucking shit. And I'm taking nine quote unquote experts from CBS Sportsline and one expert from, I think, Fox News. Or something like that. Fox uh, betting news or something like that. I am taking 10 people. And I am copying their brackets. Pick by pick by pick. I'm doing it tonight. And then we're going to track. And see if these experts are really experts. We have a pool with over... I think it's usually over what? Godfather. 200 entries in it? Oh, it's more than that. Yeah. Two, three. More than that. It, this pool's yeah. been around for 25 years. It's huge. Yeah. So we're going to see might be a few, how these might... experts go up against regular Joes. And you know what? And I know, you know, people are going to look at this on Twitter and shit like that where I'm going to be documenting and they're going to call me an asshole and say, you know, you don't have to do it like this. So I'm going to make it fun for everyone. I'm, I'm saying it live here on the podcast to make sure, you know, I can't go back on my word. If one of these quote unquote experts actually cashes in this pool. March Madness pool, I will send them the cash equivalent of whatever it comes out to, whatever they win, whatever that spot earns, I will send it to them in Bitcoin. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. That's what I'm doing for March Madness. So well, keep an eye out for it. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to be busy filling brackets out. And yeah, we're going to see you, all you, these experts you, in. But I, I want to highlight the fact that it's bullshit. Tonight, you're going to be busy copying brackets. Yes, that's what okay. I'm doing. So... You can do your own thing. That's what I'm doing this year. Okay. Well, I'll I'll still I, I still got to join. I still got to put in at least a couple of brackets. All right. And but see, uh, a lot of this is bravado. A lot of this is ego. Yeah, it is. Of do you know? Do you know someone in your lifetime of dealing with March Madness? You're a little older than I am. That constantly dominates in bracket pools. You know anyone? No, I don't. Well, I mean, I, besides I, me, I mean, kicking your ass. Kicking my ass, yes. How many times have you cashed out on this pool? I finished third out of 320 fucking people. I got 500 bucks sent to me. How about that? You don't talk about that. I only talk about the stakes. I I would gladly give away that money and enjoy the steak that you had to buy me that year. Oh, yes, (laughs) I bought you a couple of steaks, yes. But don't make it seem... 
I'll yeah, call it yeah, state of state. Yeah. I think it, it ended even, and then we it yeah, did. We decided to put the hostility to, behind to, us. <laughs> yeah, we got to stop the hostility because you know, I mean, it just um, it's not good for business, Pisk. Okay, hostility hostility is a great expense. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> Okay, we're rounding the bend here, folks. So we, we only got okay. you for a couple more minutes. Um, there is a question that came from the crowd, right? I've encouraged everyone that if you have questions to send us, um, send it to our email. We can, you know, sell it, say your name on the podcast. Uh, the email, again, is social at banfieldgroup.com. This one came on Twitter. And uh, shout out to our boy, Ole Tutacos. That's his uh, username. So the... Okay. Mr. Ole Tutakos has a question for the Godfather. Ah, uh, Jezo Christ. I was just about to say, this better not have anything to fucking do with me. <laughs> Godfather. Uh, I, I, and I said, yeah, you know what? I will ask it to him uh, live on the podcast. We'll see what he says. Okay, so the question is, is spending $2,000 for fake tits, but only $850 on a ring, Setting the relationship up to fail. Yes or no? Repeat that again? <laughs> what the fuck is this guy asking me? You're a married man. I can't answer this question. I don't have the answer to this question. Is spending two thousand two dimes for yeah. fake titties. Okay. But only spending $850 for a ring. Setting the relationship up to fail. Bro, that's a double fail. First of all, <laughs> what kind of fucking ring are you going to find for $850? I don't know. Are you know. fucking kidding me? Are Rings are expensive. Jezo Crystal, don't if you get yourself into a position, do not do anything with without consulting with me, capiche? <laughs> and the you know what? The fake titty business, come on. Basta. <laughs> Next question. You didn't answer it. You, so it is setting... It's a double fail, I said. <laughs> two fucking K, pain. Two, two dimes, fake titties. Well, a dime a pop, right? Dude, are you fucking crazy? Anyway. <laughs> I think he asked this question because he knew that it would make you uncomfortable for something. I don't know. People Whoa, are starting to understand who there you are. Go. Mission accomplished. What's, what was his name? Tukla Khan? What did what, you call it? Ole to Tacos. Ole to tacos. Come on, bro. You hit me up with something a little bit more. Okay, well, Ole to tacos also wants us to do a, an Always Betting podcast episode on the LeBlanc brothers. We know them, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, well, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> LeBron brothers are, I guess, Banfield group in the 90s. They uh, yeah. beat the shit out of both the Quebec, Lotto Quebec, and uh, the Ontario Lottery Corporation. Um, but yes, First, I, I told them Western Lottery too. Western Lottery too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I told them it's on the list, and we will dig into that eventually. Uh, I think that would be a fan- fantastic episode just to go over what they did and how they did it. Um, LeBlanc Bros uh, actually helped out a lot of professional sports betters in this country. Uh, one person pointed out. I think it was the same guy because yeah, I mean there was a huge court case around that. Every time I go to our gaming lawyer with an issue he always refers to that case there's only been one in canada so there you go shout out to the bomb brothers we will be doing an episode on them soon um next shout out uh to another listener i want to send a congrats out to sergio you remember sergio from the olg i met him that time on our road trip yes yes we met him at circa 
Yeah. Well, Sergio has left the OLG, handed in his oh. resignation. Okay. And guess where he's working now? Caesars to Windsor. No. Pinnacle. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? He seemed like a pretty pretty sharp kid. So yeah, yeah. I, could, I can yeah. see that. He knows his stuff. Um, I just laughed and I said, dude, that's basically like going from the Toronto Marlies to Team Canada. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have a way. You have a way with shitting on the OLG, Pez. Yes, <laughs> but uh, that's super cool. He's. Uh, you can follow Sergio on Twitter. Sergio S E R G I U Laza L A Z A. Yeah, I, I don't know how much he tweets. Uh, again, I'm not really huge on Twitter yet, but uh, it'd be cool. We have an insider uh, at Pinnacle now, so that's pretty cool. Congratulations to Sergio. Um, and nice that's fun. it. That was the last nice. thing I had. The, the last fun. note that I had is uh, the fucking owner of the L.A. Clippers freaking out because they're going to have a ton of toilets in their new stadium. Yeah, I and, did uh, see that. Yes. Pepto IBS Pisky is really excited about that. I am going to be a loyal L.A. Clippers fan once that stadium <laughs> is built because uh, Banos are mucho importante. Yes, and we need them strategically placed. <laughs> we do. We do. Any last words, Godfather? Uh, <laughs> I use. You stunned me with this fake titty fucking question. I, I need an espresso now to recuperate. And uh, yeah, sure. Keep keep the relationship questions coming, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're experts. Definitely experts on that. Absolutely. Yes, of course. Yes. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you all next time. For sure. Ciao.